Hey, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. We're so glad to have you with us today in the house of faith. There's always a place for you here in this house. Today, we're going to show you the conclusion of a message we began several weeks ago, a message called Anointed with fresh oil. What is the anointing? Where does it come from? What does it have the power to do? Well, if you've missed any of these broadcasts leading up to this, let me encourage you, go back and get caught up with this in this word because it's a powerful word. This is something, a track that the Lord put us on weeks ago now, months even. And as, as we progress down this road, it's just developing and growing stronger and stronger. And you need to know, number one, what is the anointing on your life? What are you called and created by God to do? When you find out what that anointing is, then give yourself to it. And today, as we wrap up this message that was preached originally at Faith Life Church, Branson, Missouri, we're gonna start talking about the oil of joy, the anointing of joy. And I know many people watching this right now, you're watching this and you need some fresh joy in your life. Well, you're gonna get it. If you tap into the anointing, there's joy that comes along with that, joy that fills your heart, your soul, and overwhelms you and will lift you right up above anything and everything that's going on around you, trying to drag you down, bring you down. The oil of joy, this fresh anointing, will cause you to rise above all of it. That's what I'm so excited to share with you today on this broadcast. So again, if you've missed anything leading up to it, just go back. Uh, to the website, pearsonsministries.com. You can catch up there. Legacy TV podcast, you can catch up there. The Legacy Studios app, we've got the broadcast available. If you wanna listen to the message as a whole, go to the Pearsons Ministries podcast. We wanna get this into your life any way we can. Enjoy this today, anointed with fresh oil. There was one day that David stepped right in the middle of an occasion that demanded the anointing. His dad told him, here, take some food to your brothers there on the battlefield. And he showed up and there was this great big Brutus looking dude standing out there, cursing the God of Israel, cursing the army of Israel. And every single person, Saul included, retreated in fear. And David showed up and you know what he started saying? What do I get when I kill this guy? What do I get if I kill this guy? And they start telling him, you get the king's daughter, you get his money, you get no taxes in your family forever. And David said, what was that part about the daughter? (laughs) Tell me that part again. What do I get if I kill this guy? I'm telling you, somebody anointed stands out. Somebody anointed, somebody bold, somebody confident, somebody, an escaping inmate from the prison of fear. This person stands out, especially when everybody else around you is gripped with the stuff. And this, it got around so much that David's talking about killing this guy. He got hauled before Saul. And David said to Saul, hey, don't worry about him. I'll kill him. I'll do it for you. And Saul looked at him and said, you can't do this. You're a youth. And he's been a warrior since his youth. And David started preaching. He said, king, I was keeping my father's sheep in the field and a lion came and a bear came and I killed them both with my own hands. Now, I don't know when that was, but I guarantee you it was after the anointing because it turns you into somebody else. And he said, this no covenant Philistine will be no different than any of those guys, any of those, the lion or the bear. And you know what Saul said? Go. And the Lord be with you. 
What happened from there? Saul took his armor and tried to put it on David. You remember this? Now, what do we know about Saul? What do we know already? He's a tall guy. He's really, really tall, much taller than anybody else, including this teenager. And yet he tries to put his armor on him. That's a strange move, don't you think? Here's what I think is going on. Saul's armor has the markings of the king. This is not just a general enlisted man's armor. This is the king's armor. And when this armor shows up on the battlefield, every soldier in that army knows who's in that armor. Even if you can't see his face, you know exactly who that is. I believe Saul knew exactly what was about to happen. I think he heard David preach and he knew that David's about to go out there kill this giant and embarrass him and every soldier in that army. How would he know that? Because I believe he saw something on David that used to be on him. What was it? The anointing. Saul recognized it. He said, man, I've been there. I remember this boldness. I remember this confidence. And he said, go. But then he tried to dress him up like him. I think it's because he knew what was about to happen. And I firmly believe that it's because he wanted, when David went out there and killed Goliath, Saul wanted this entire army to know that either one, that was Saul doing it, or it was a Saul-sanctioned fight. And he tried to dress him up in his identity. What did David say? Basically, this doesn't fit. You're huge, man. I can't, I've never tested this. I can't wear this. And he took it off. You can't fight your fight under somebody else's identity. And especially under somebody else's anointing that they don't even have. You want to fight and win? Do it under the anointing that he's given you. Under the identity that he's called you with. That's why David ran out there and ran at Goliath and said, I come at you in the name of the Lord. And you know what happened? The anointing turned this shepherd boy into a literally stone cold killer. (laughs) Did he not? Turned him into somebody else. That's what the anointing does. That's what the anointing will do. Brother Hagin, I was listening to him on this one message and I've been listening to it over and over. Listen to it again today. And there's about a five minute segment of this message where he's talking about Smith Wigglesworth. And I just keep listening to it and listening to it and listening to it. And Brother Hagin was talking about Smith Wigglesworth. And he said, you know, I never heard him preach, but I knew a man who used to listen to him all the time. And this, he said he was an older gentleman from Southern California. And Brother Hagin, I guess, was kind of interviewing this man about Smith Wigglesworth. And this man said, you know, he would come out and he had no education. He went and worked in a factory at six years old. No education whatsoever. Couldn't read, couldn't write. And this man would tell Brother Hagin, he said, you know, he, Smith Wigglesworth would take the pulpit and he'd begin to preach. And he said it was almost awkward because he really couldn't put one word after another. He said it was confusing really just couldn't string even two sentences together. But this man told Brother Hagin, he said, but then something would change. He said, you could see it. 
He said the spirit of the Lord would come on him. His whole countenance would change. He would begin then just to preach one word right after the other. And you know what this man told Brother Hagin? He said, it's like he turned into somebody else. What was it? The anointing. Did you know the anointing that did that to Saul? The anointing that did that to David? The anointing that did that to a man named Smith Wigglesworth? The anointing that did it to Jesus. Because he lived 30 years without it. Never once tempted that we know of, of the devil. Never once came under attack until he came up out of the waters of baptism anointed by God, turned into another man. Every miracle, every message, every dead raised, every blind eye opened, every impossible thing made possible was the result of the anointing and who it made Jesus. It will do the same thing on you. It'll do the same thing. Turn you into somebody else. Who remembers... I'll be finishing probably soon. Probably. Who remembers where Jesus was reading from there in the temple when he said, the spirit of the Lord's on me? Isaiah what? Chapter 61. We could go and look at it, but if you keep reading in those verses where it talks about the anointing and what the anointing does and what it's for, he began talking to the people about the anointing exchange. And he talked to them about giving them the oil of joy. The oil of joy. And the exchange was the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. He talked about it in connection with the garment of praise. There was an exchange that took place. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, there's a big deal made out of right now, especially in church culture, there's a big deal made out of church clothes. I'm, I'm old enough to remember being a kid and you actually had church clothes. Anybody remember church clothes? As a kid, you had clothes that you wore to church and nowhere else, right? You don't go play in church clothes. Those are church clothes. You don't wear church clothes to school. Those are church clothes. Don't mess up your church clothes. Don't get your church clothes dirty. I remember church clothes. And there's a big deal now, you know, what are, what are church clothes supposed to look like? Are we dressy? Are we casual? And you know, the word has something to say about it, but I'm going to tell you something. God is way more interested in the clothes that you and I wear because we are the church yep. as opposed to the ones that we wear just to the church. Amen. And he's got some things to say about what we wear to the church, but what's more important to him than what you wear to the church is what you wear because you are the church. And when he talked to you about the garment of praise, them's your church clothes. That's what you and I are to be wearing, not just to the church, but because we are the church. This oil of joy, this garment of praise. This is what we wear because we are the church. That's why Paul wrote to the churches and said, put off the old man and put on the new man. You look at the language, it's literally the same language you would use to tell somebody, go change your clothes. Put off what you're wearing, put on something else. Now, when you were a kid, your mom, you know, dictated what you were going to wear, the church clothes. Men, we know that. How much has changed now? Not much, not enough, right? <laughs> every man, every man, I promise you, has come out of 
the bedroom closet, stepped into the living room where his wife and children were waiting, only to be looked from head to toe and back to head again and to hear that question, is that what you're going to wear? (laughs) Come on, man. Anybody, anybody bold enough, honest enough? Is that what you're going to wear? If you didn't know this already, let me translate for you. She really said, that's not what you're going to wear. (laughs) She's, She's like, come on, look, stripes and plaids and the shorts with the black socks and the sandals. And please, for, for, for the love of all that's holy and for the sake of your family, go back in there, take that off and put something else on because it does not match. It does not coordinate. You know, the Bible talks to you and I about being not conformed to this world, but being transformed. The word conformed literally means to have an outward appearance that does not look like the inward condition. To put something on the outside that doesn't look like what's going on on the inside. But the word conform, did I say that right? Conform, that's what that means. Transform literally means to have an inward condition that produces the outward appearance. And I've experienced this. I know you have too. You're in confrontation with somebody, somebody said something, man, it got you. And whether you're one of those kind of people that just knows what to say right there on the spot, or maybe you're more like me, give me a night. (laughs) Give me just this night and I'll lay in bed wide awake, staring up into the nothingness and I will formulate a comeback and oh, this is what I should have said. You know know what I'm talking about? And then just hope and pray and wish that the next day you find yourself back in that same situation again and that same guy says that same thing because this time you're ready, right? This time, here it comes and, and sure enough, they say it again and here it comes up out of you and just before it comes out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit on the inside says, Um, is that what you're going to (laughs) wear? Is that what you're about to put on? Because that does not match what's going on in here. And the same thing's true with the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy. There's something going on in you. There's joy on the inside. And this is supposed to be one of those things that makes us different than everybody else. Joy should be definitively Christian. This should be the line between us and them. And what did the psalmist say? What's the first thing we read tonight? My strength. My strength you have exalted like a wild ox. That's strong. When you got the strength of an ox, you have been turned into something else, right? And I don't care if it's mental strength or physical strength or financial strength. When you've got that kind of strength that's beyond human ability, it's because something got in you and started working in you and has turned you into something else. Well, what is, where's our strength come from? Joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we are supposed to be full of joy. And the longer you sit around wearing the spirit of heaviness, dressed up in that ugly stuff, 
you are going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit before you leave one day dressed in that spirit, dressed in the broken heart, dressed in the depression, dressed in the discouragement. You will hear the Holy Spirit say, wait a second, wait a second. Is that what you're going to wear? So what are you going to do? Go change. Go change. Don't go out wearing that stuff. Go change. Go take that off and put on the garment of praise. How do you do it? How do you do it? Your words. You take that stuff off with your words. You say, Father, in Jesus' name, I am done with the spirit of heaviness. I take this stuff off. This doesn't belong on me. I don't have any more use for this stuff. I have been anointed like Jesus with the oil of joy. And I put on joy in Jesus' name. I put on strength in the name of Jesus. And I rise up and I bless you. And I thank you. And I praise you. Now go out. Now you look presentable. This is supposed to be us. This is the difference between us and them. The oil of joy. Anointed with this fresh oil. Amen. Would you stand up on your feet with me? I've kept you a long time tonight. In a moment, we're going to sing. And I think, guys, we should do that one. This is the anointing, yeah. I told you the Lord had given me a number of words concerning the anointing. Inspect for it. I want this to stick with you. Inspect. Look closely for it. Inspect for it in your own life. Inspect for it in what you're listening to and what you're receiving from. And ask yourself, am I being wowed by a gift or am I being changed by the anointing? Protect the anointing. The anointing is the most, one of the most valuable things you possess and it's worth protecting it. Saul lost it because of pride. Do you remember a guy named Samson? Everybody's got this picture in their mind of Samson, huge, strong. There's nothing in the scripture that paints him in that light. All we know about him is something like five different times, the spirit of the Lord came mightily on him, turned him into somebody else. For all you know, Samson looked like me. I like that. I go with that. And the Spirit of the Lord came on him, turned him in to somebody else. But he lost it because he didn't protect it. And you might look at his life and you think, oh yeah, bad relationships and, and he was with women that he shouldn't have been with. And sure, that's the truth. But you know where he lost it? He lost it, began losing it the day he said, I have slain thousands. Do you know what arrogance is? Arrogance is confidence minus the awareness of Jesus. Minus the awareness of the anointing. And he lost it. He lost his strength. When the anointing left, the strength left. But David, he, he did some of the same stuff Samson did. Bad relationships with a woman he shouldn't have been with. How did he protect his anointing? Quick to repent. Humility. Humility will protect the anointing on your life. Quick to repent. Quick to say, I missed it. Quick to acknowledge it. It'll protect the anointing. Inspect for the anointing. Protect the anointing. And finally, 
respect, have a value and an honor for the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Many cultures, they exalt the person, the minister, the preacher, the pastor, to a point where it's not healthy and it's not right. But in other church cultures, we've become so casual that we quit respecting the anointing that's on an individual. And if you don't respect, if you don't have value and honor for the anointing, you can't receive from it. Jesus, that day, he said, the spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me. He was in his own hometown. And what did they say? Oh, praise God, he's anointed. No. They said, what are you talking about, anointed? We know you, your family's here. This is getting too familiar. They said, get down from there. And Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own hometown. There he could do no mighty works. Where there wasn't respect for the anointing, the anointing couldn't operate. Where there's no value for the anointing, the anointing can't do anything for you. But if you come into this place and you sit ready to hear this word that's preached from this pulpit and you say, I value that anointing, I respect that anointing, I honor that anointing, get ready because that anointing is about to value, respect, and honor you. Lift a burden and destroy a yoke. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 